You're listening to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Backus. Today is, shockingly enough, already September 13th, uh, 2023, and it's been a long time since I've done an episode. I just looked at my list and realized I'm behind. I try to put episodes of the podcast out every two weeks, um, but as you probably discerned a little bit from uh, some of the earlier podcast episodes I did this summer, uh, it has been a very inward time for me, and I've allowed myself to honor that. Spent time up in the mountains alone doing some writing. Uh, so that's where I've been. In case you've been wondering, you may not have been. Uh, and there will be another episode soon because Emily Trinkus will be joining me again, and we're going to do our Cosmic Wisdom Dump. Uh, which is usually a fun and lively conversation about ongoing astrology events and kind of how the patterns in the sky are impacting us. I do want to talk a little bit of astrology today um, because tomorrow, Thursday, the 14th, at least here in Montana in the afternoon, we'll have the new moon in Virgo at 21 degrees of Virgo. And this is a good time of year to be paying attention to a lot of things, um, but it's always a good time of year to be paying attention to transitions. We're in the transition between summer and autumn here in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's what Virgo season is about. Virgo is the goddess of the harvest. Uh, Virgo's the priestess. Virgo is in charge of rituals. Um, this time when the sun is in Virgo uh, in tropical astrology, um, what we're what we're looking at is the time of year when we're preparing for the big change of seasons. Whichever hemisphere you're in, we're starting to tip from either lots of light to lots of dark or lots of dark to lots of light. And again, here in my part of the world, Montana and anybody in the northern hemisphere, we're starting to lose the sun and we're starting to lose the light and the long days that we've had. And so in preparation for this different time of year where the night will begin to um, overcome the, the day that happens at the equinox, which is on September 23rd this year. Um, and that's also when the sun enters Libra. Um, this is when our diets change, our daily habits change, our lifestyles need to change if we're going to stay in harmony with the sun and in harmony with the seasons and support our physical health. This is one of the reasons that Virgo is associated with health and well-being. It's associated with our daily lives. It's associated with um kind of our work-life balance, if you will. And it has to do also with discernment. And as I said, ritual, you could think about even your daily rituals and whether you treat them as rituals or not, your, your daily rituals include when you get up and what you do first thing in the morning, your meals, how you prepare your meals, how you eat your meals, all of these things are rituals that support our lives and also support our connection with the natural world, with nature and with the divine. So 
A couple of things um, more specifically on my mind in terms of what's going on right now. Uh, many of you may have had the same experience as me that it's been an inward introspective time. Um, there may have been a lot of movement, but not necessarily a lot of progress on some of our projects lately. And part of that is that we are in retrograde season. Uh, and when I say retrograde season, it's not the same every year. And we, but we are in a period of time where a lot of planets are retrograde at the same time. And in fact, since September 4th, I think it was when Jupiter turned retrograde, as uh, actually that was September 3rd, uh, we've had all the planets from Jupiter on out in retrograde movement. So when, ret when the planets are in retrograde movement, and this is apparent, this is just how we see the planets moving with respect to the zodiac from the earth. This does not mean that planets are actually moving backwards. But when we have a lot of this apparent retrograde movement, this is a time of being more inward, right? When a planet turns backwards, it's looking back and in. It's covering, recovering some of the same ground it's already covered. So it, it, as that symbolic translation goes, it's a time for reviewing and reevaluating, revising, rethinking. And we are also just now at the tail end of a Mercury retrograde. So for the past few weeks, almost every planet that can go retrograde is retrograde. Uh, and for one, about a day, we had Venus still retrograde and Jupiter going retrograde before Venus went direct. So all that retrograde motion in the sky, I'm going to blame that in part for why there haven't been as many podcast episodes, because it has been a very inward sort of rethinking time. And uh, as you may know as well, if you're on my newsletter list, and I may have mentioned it in one of my recent podcasts, I'm also working on a book. And uh, writing is, of course, a generally very solitary task. And so this, this solitary, inward, um, reflective time is what has been going on with the retrogrades. Now, as of Friday, and it'll be very strong at this new moon tomorrow, the ruler of the new moon, in other words, the planet that is, is said to preside over Virgo, and in fact is both exalted and at home in the sign, is Mercury. And Mercury has been retrograde since... Um, I can't remember the date. I want to say late August. It's about a three-week re retrograde, and it happens three times a year. Mercury is the most common retrograde. We've all heard about retro Mercury retrograde, um, but Mercury, Mercury is stationing, meaning it's standing still in the sky, getting ready to go back forward again as of Friday. But at the new moon, we'll have very strong Mercury energy because when a planet is staying still, it sort of concentrates that energy and we may feel it more strongly. So uh, for instance, in my life, even though um, not everything is moving forward, there is a lot of activity all of a sudden around the book, for instance. A lot of conversations are coming up right now that have been kind of in pause for a long time. 
a lot of ideas. One of the reasons it's been so difficult to do a podcast is that there are too many ideas floating around in my head. And it's it doesn't work from my perspective as a fairly organized person to try to just spew a whole bunch of ideas on a podcast. And usually I like to have a focus. And today that focus is around mercurial things, ideas, thinking, and then this Virgo-Pisces axis um, and the meaning of Virgo versus the meaning of Pisces, which is the opposite sign. But as you can tell from all the sort of circuitous routes, so this Mercury stationing at the time of the new moon means that we'll be carrying a lot of very strong mercury energy through the whole cycle. Just as with the last new moon in Leo, um, which was exactly square the planet Uranus, uh, it has carried a lot of this sort of sudden change, um, odd, uh, out of nowhere kinds of happenings. That energy has been really strong for the past month throughout the Leo new moon cycle. And here we are starting a new cycle, a new lunar cycle tomorrow with this Virgo new moon and the energy at the moment of the new moon sort of, you can think of it as the moon is a, um, the moon is said to reflect, right? It reflects the sun's light and it distributes the light. And one of the ways we can think about astrology is a study of the light and the radiance of the planets and how it gets shared and how it gets distributed and how it um, how it interacts, how the planets interact with each other, how they interact with the us. In fact, in uh, India, the, the science of astrology is called Jyotish, which means the science of light. Well, it tends to get called Vedic astrology, but the real name for it is Jyotish. And it has, it specifically refers to light. So what I want to say about this is that a new moon, you can think of as sort of collecting the energy of the moment of the new moon and beginning a new cycle and carrying that energy through the month. And it may be less right at towards the end of the new moon cycle, the end of the lunar cycle, the end of the cycle after the full moon when the light is growing dimmer. But there is still this sense of whatever happens at the new moon carries through the new moon, which is, or through the whole moon cycle, which is the reason that it, it's such a great time to set intentions, right? When you, um, when you plant your own seed at the same time that the moon and the sun are planting the seed of a new cycle, then it's a way of um, sort of riding on the coattails, if you will, of the lunar cycle. Um, so back to this particular new moon, Mercury very strong, partly because it rules Virgo. It's in Virgo. It's been in Virgo for an extra long time because of its retrograde in the sign of Virgo. And Virgo, uh, Mercury is stationing direct at the time of this new moon. And so we get that amplified energy of Mercury. Uh, so what is this, what, what are some of the themes? Well, Virgo, as I said, goddess of the harvest, it's about discernment and discrimination and discrimination in the true sense of the word, obviously not um, in the political sense of the word or the social sense of the word. Discrimination, meaning um, determining the difference between things, taking things apart. Discernment, meaning 
really understanding um, the difference between things and like parsing things out. And this time of the uh, Virgo time is again, if you think about preparing for the harvest, it's when you have to separate the wheat from the chaff. So, again, in the sense of a grain harvest. So this is a time for discernment. And I know I've talked about this a little bit with Saturn being in Pisces, because Saturn, the planet of reality in Pisces, which among other things is the planet of fantasy and illusion and sometimes, or the, sorry, the sign of um, fantasy and illusion or can be delusion ideals it's, and Pisces also the sign of where we see things as one, where we see things as all connected and all together. Uh, it's the it's the great ocean of consciousness. And so with the new moon in Virgo, um, which will always be opposite the sign of Pisces, but at this particular new moon, it's opposite Neptune in Pisces. So we have Saturn in Pisces, the planet of reality, meaning the meeting the planet of fantasy, illusion, um, oneness. But then we also have had Neptune in Pisces for quite some time. And this particular new moon is in an opposition, meaning it's it's activating Neptune in Pisces. And Neptune has a lot of the qualities of Pisces. It's the god of the ocean. It again has to do with fantasy, dreams. Um, it's kind of the non-visual arts, music. I saw something today where somebody said, when you write music, you're writing something that is never going to be actually real because the notes on the page, if you're writing it, let's say by hand, will never be played the same way by the same, well, they'll never be played the same way twice. So music is part of the realm of Pisces. And that's part of why is because it's not, um, it's not as concrete, right? It's more, and it's more interpretive. Um, so again, coming back to what is this new moon about? Well, if, when I look at some of the themes going on out in the wide world, right, through the news or social media, um, and especially uh, part of what triggered some of my thinking around this is uh, watching a couple of videos, little short video clips of people talking about the energy of the moment and the energy of the time and, astro and using astrology to illustrate their point. And as you probably know, astrology is becoming more and more popular right now. I have a lot of thoughts on why, but but uh, the, the bottom line is it is sort of exploding. And of course, it's much, much easier to be an astrologer today than it would have been even uh, a number of decades ago, because we have this incredible software. You can go look up your chart. You can go look up planetary placements online. And it's also um, much easier to distribute astrology information and astrology talks, whether through something like this, a podcast with somebody who does it regularly, or somebody's video clips on YouTube. And now, of course, we have Instagram and TikTok is a relatively new phenomenon, not completely new, but relatively new. And pretty much 
it's a simple matter to get your phone out, start your recording, and start talking about astrology and energy, etc. And this brings me back to what I think is a very important, um, uh, let's see, what do I want to say? Indication and way of working with this new moon is that of practicing real discernment. And again, this new moon exactly opposite Neptune, one of the shadows of Neptune is specifically delusion, confusion, and in Pisces, there's a tremendous opportunity for ideals and new fantasies and dreams and, and kind of expanding dreams. There's also the potential for um, confusion and obfuscation, if I can use that word, sort of like clouding things and clouding the truth. And this is even more true because of Jupiter's retrograde, beginning of Jupiter's retrograde that started uh, at the beginning of the month, because Jupiter is the classical ruler of Pisces. So where Jupiter is and what Jupiter is doing uh, will have emphasis or have influence on what's happening in Pisces. So Jupiter starting to go retrograde again means that the the higher potential, the, the conscious potential of working with this sign at this time is um, sort of like a reevaluation of dreams and ideals and aspirations and all the big Jupiter ideas. Um, and uh, also, again, um, fantasies and and I say when I say fantasy, I'm not saying that as a negative thing, right? Fantasy and dreams are how things get created, right? It's like Pisces in a way is the fertile ground, the fertile waters, the fertile ocean for things being um, being created. But it's the it's the seed planting place, you know. So a Pisces is it's not where it comes into form typically. So where I was going with this is that this is also a time where there's just a whole lot of potential for confusion and there's a whole lot of potential for things, um, for confusion about what's real and what isn't. And the Virgo new moon with the strength of Mercury says it's a really good time to practice discernment. And the story that I was going to tell um, is watching a TikTok video the other day with a friend. And this was a person who was talking about the energies coming up. And there was a lot in there that he was pulling from astro jargon, but it didn't make any sense. Like the things that this person was saying did not make sense from an astrological point of view. Um, but it was lots of great astrology jargon. And what I'm seeing more and more of is that if you go look up, like if you go look up the Virgo new moon or the new moon in Virgo, or go look up Saturn in Pisces, if you go to the internet, you know, right, the great source of everything these days and start looking up, you can find some really wonderful written, wonderfully written articles by experienced and um, experienced and ethical and solid astrologers they won't all agree right all of us bring our own selves to 
what we do, and that's very true in astrology. We're interpreting it through our lens, our chart, and there are things that, um, there are certain lenses, right, that we all use to see the world. And of course, astrology is a vast, vast topic. There are so many, um, there's so many techniques so much to learn. I don't know that anybody would ever really truly call themselves an expert in astrology. But what that means too, in the days of artificial intelligence and um, more and more people sort of seeking to capitalize on the world of astrology and the popularity and the explosion of it is that each of us, it's incumbent on each of us to use our discernment when we read or listen to or watch something that's astrology themed and using the language of astrology. And of course, this is true for everything, not just astrology, but that just happens to be what I've been noticing lately. And, and of course, um, a lot of us learned that maybe not the hard way, but we got a big dose of that over the last few years where there was ex this explosion of information during, for instance, the pandemic years and so many competing facts and information and studies and certain um, organizations claiming to have the truth and certain other organizations claiming to have a different truth and then, as we know, the the rise of the word began with disinformation, then it went to misinformation. And rather than go that place of judgment and blaming and um, calling something misinformation, like this TikTok video I saw the other day, I'd rather say that it's up to us to use our discernment and figure out what feels true to us. And one of the questions that I was contemplating getting ready for this is, how do you know what you know? How do you know what you know? How do you know what's true? How do you know what uh, feels true to you? In my case, and the way I teach it, it's an embodied sense, right? It's, it's because our bodies are where the intelligence of nature comes from. So we have, and, and in fact, that's where all wisdom comes from is through our experience as human beings, as embodied human beings. So if we're in our heads about everything, we're much, like, much more likely to kind of miss the little subtle signals that says, oh no, this might've been generated by AI. And one of the, just a side note there is that one of the sayings that I heard about AI that made me laugh is that AI magnifies stupidity. And what they meant by that is there's some truth to that, right? Is that if, if, if AI gets trained by going out on the internet and reading lots of astrology articles and then pulling, um, pulling all of the, the things that it's uh, looked at or reviewed or however you say it in that world, um, and pulled all that data and then spits back out something um, based on what it's seen in all these other places. Un unless AI is discerning what sources it's drawing from, and I don't know how those algorithms work and how that's happening, then if you get two or three people repeating the same mistake or the same, um, even just a slip of the tongue, right? Like me saying uh, planet instead of sign, 
if you get several people sort of repeating that and then AI pulling that, it's going to magnify it. Uh, and, and right now, I find it relatively easy to discern when I go read something, if it feels like it was written by a thoughtful human being that has some depth and nuance to it, or if it seems like it was uh, a regurgitation, which is what I think a lot of AI might be, a regurgitation of a whole lot of stuff from somewhere else. Uh, so that's so this how do you know what you know? This is one of the questions of this new moon, especially with um, with it being opposite of Neptune. And another theme, another theme uh, inherent in this is that at this new moon with Virgo, uh, the new moon in Virgo at 21 degrees of Virgo, Virgo is an earth sign. It's a mutable earth sign, meaning it comes at the change of the seasons, which means that it's adaptable and changeable. And it's not, um, it's more about the how and the process of something rather than something that it's, it, it, whereas like Taurus is a fixed earth sign and it's how energy gets contained and built, for instance. And then Capricorn is the cardinal earth sign and it's how energy gets directed. But in a mutable sign, energy is actually in the process of changing form. And if, again, if you think about it with respect to the seasons, Virgo, mutable earth, we're in the transition between seasons. So another theme behind this whole new moon is that all three earth signs are activated right now because we have the new moon in Virgo and it's in a loose trine, uh, an angle of harmony to Pluto at the very end of Capricorn. It's at about 28 degrees right now. And also in a loose trine, again, angle of harmony to Uranus and Taurus. Um, and so we have this connection between all of the earth signs. So we have this emphasis on earth energy. We have this emphasis on the material realm, the embodied form, the embodied realm. So, and again, you remember I said that this energy gets sort of carried through the whole cycle. So how do you know what you know is the question. And part of the answer is through the body, through your physical experience. And that's, I think, um, one of the my new little sayings that I haven't put out there very much, but is that natural wisdom, right, through your embodied experience, is the antidote to artificial intelligence. So your natural wisdom, your embodied experience, your physical reality is how you make that discernment happen, how you are able to um, See what's true, feel what's true, know what's true. How do you know what you know? It has to come through some kind of physical experience. Um, there's a lot more I could say about that, but I think I'll, I guess one thing I'll say about that is that if you spend a lot of time online and if you get a lot of your, um, your information and your, attention spend is out there online, it's a little bit harder 
to discern, right? It's if you can stay in your daily, right? Daily Virgo and daily routine, daily life, that's what's real. And there's a lot of competition out there, again, whether it's the, you know, the TikToks and the Instagrams or the social media, or even among news sources, um, which of course are, yeah, less reliable in many ways now today because of the changes in the news media itself. But there's so much competing for your attention. And it's important to remember that everybody and everything competing for your attention, including me, right, is curating information for you. And if you have found somebody, if you, for instance, share my values around natural wisdom and connecting with nature and understanding that we're part of this greater whole and that what we're uh, what, what this purpose is of my podcast is to help you synchronize with that greater whole and be in harmony with it. And because that's how you're in greater harmony with yourself, greater health, greater wholeness, et cetera. If you find people with whom you share values, then it's going to be easier to um, find information that you can trust. But remember that everything online these days can be faked and changed and um, become more fantastical than real. And, and so again, this is the time to really think about how do you know what you know? The last thing, uh, the last thing I really wanted to talk about today with this particular new moon, there's a couple of things, but I'll sort of summarize them by saying that there's also like a there's a signature here with the um, the relationship with Neptune. And then also Venus and Jupiter are in a square angle, meaning that there's a dynamic tension between those two planets. And these are both planets of um, relax, re relaxing, getting bigger, what we connect to. Um, Jupiter specifically about expansion and our our personal, spiritual, and otherwise growth. Uh, Venus has a lot to do with what we value, how we value ourselves, how we relate to people, what we desire. And so between the Neptune um, activation and the, the particular relationship between Venus and Jupiter, there's also sort of an emphasis on how we allow ourselves to to think of ourselves, how we allow ourselves to think about our potential. That's the word I'm looking for. How do you think about your potential? How do you feel into your potential? Um, how do you allow space for your greatest potential? And that's another sort of theme, I think, that's up with this new moon that we can carry through this whole cycle is how do I make space for myself, right? That's one way to put it. How do I make space for my true self, my authentic self to fully express and fully emerge? And this is partly obviously because of my own experience right now with, with kind of getting shown in small ways and large, how I limit myself, how I can't even imagine myself in the uh, flourishing as much as possible 
Um, it's, you know, if you think about all the things you want that you don't have, how can you make space for them? Um, how can you make space for actually fully having and receiving what you have now, not to mention what you might fully might be able to fully have and receive in the future. And that's one of the other, I think, general themes right now is how do you make space for yourself? How do you make space for your expansion? How do you, um, Virgo Pisces axis here, how do you stay grounded in reality at the same time that you allow yourself to have the big vision of the future? And I'll just end with a couple of um, of really great definitions of enlightenment. Uh, if you've ever listened to Adyashanti, the spiritual teacher Adyashanti, I sat with him for a couple of years. I just got a note about him retiring from live teaching. And in this note, he talks about the definition of enlightenment that he got from his own teacher many, many years ago. And I I'd not heard it before. I didn't remember it before. And it's just very perfect for this Virgo Pisces axis and this particular Virgo new moon, that enlightenment is standing on your own two feet. Enlightenment, what we think about as our, our actual experience and recognition and realization of how we are one with everything, Pisces is standing on your own two feet. That's a very embodied Virgo, one step at a time, earth realm, daily life kind of thing, right? That's enlightenment is standing on your own two feet. There we bridge the Pisces and the Virgo, the, the big and the oneness with the daily life. And then another definition that I also heard from Adyashanti many years ago that comes from um, I believe it comes from a Jesuit um, priest and writer who lectured extensively around the world and wrote many books. He's a wonderful, just has a wonderful perspective by the name of Anthony DeMello. His definition was something, I don't know if I have the words exactly right, but it's something to the effect that enlightenment is, or awakening, you could use the word awakening, that seems to be more prevalent these days, is absolute cooperation with reality. And there again, we think about um, this bridging between Pisces and Virgo, which is what this, again, this new moon is sort of a seed planting for how do I live my daily life um, and keep my two feet on the ground and stand on my own two feet at the same time that I recognize my connection with and um, oneness with all all and everything and everyone and without getting lost in the fantasies or the dreams of it but actually experiencing it as my reality so i'm going to leave you with that hopefully this was a semi-cogent um some kind of thread of connection through the whole podcast on a day when uh, there's a lot of mercurial energy and in, at the balsamic moon we're in the dark phase of the moon right now there's no moon in the sky and we won't see it emerge for a couple of days uh, after that planting of the seed where the sun and the moon come together in the sky and just a side note that the very next new moon um, in libra will be an eclipse and uh, emily and i will be talking about eclipse season next week when we come back on the podcast together 
And in between now and then, thank you for whatever patience you had with me during this last time of sparse um, uh, podcast episodes. I expect to be a little more regular now, but we'll see. The retrogrades, uh, Jupiter retrograde continues through the end of the year as do a couple of the other planets. Uranus retrograde continues through January. I think I'm going to have a couple of offerings during this continued retrograde time uh, to help us take advantage of this inward sort of um, more looking back, revising, reviewing kind of energy. So stay tuned, sign up for my newsletter if you're not already. And thank you so much for listening uh, to the Natural Wisdom Podcast and happy new moon in Virgo to you.